And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth, to kill with sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, threescore, and six. To the Removing Confusion podcast. This is Tom Richardson, your host for today, March 23rd, 2022. We, as you may have figured out by that opening, we have some things that we should talk about. And we will talk about. It may not seem like the most uplifting, but you have to understand. We live at a time that God has chosen each and every one of us to be in. Now, the the problem is the church is pretty much silent. Government has taken over. People look to a certain politician here and there to to save their uh, very souls, practically. But the church is dead in a lot of places. Now, you know, when I say that, I mean the mainstream, organized, denominationized church. Where you go and you sit and you hear a guy talk for 35, 45 minutes. And when you walk out, you don't know much more than you did when you walked in. It's time filler. 
It's killer. It's soul killing. Oh, let's see how many people we can get to the altar. Let's see how many people we can get baptized today. Let's see what we can do to, to, you know, bring more people to the Lord. And that's important. I'm all about soul winning. And I also believe that people need to be informed. They need to be informed about the world that they're living in and not to some pie-in-the-sky, candy-eyed thing that says, you know, I, I heard a guy one time, and I liked him. He was a good, he was a decent local preacher uh, who's since died and gone on to be with Jesus. But he made a comment one time. He said, when I, when I step up behind a pulpit on a Sunday morning, I like to bring an uplifting message. Well, that's good. You should. Here's the thing. The Bible's not always uplifting, is it? The Bible tells us if you fall on this rock, you will be broken. If this rock falleth on you, you'll be ground to dust or powder. Those are actually pretty well paraphrased in my usual way. But that rock or that 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 thing that you fall, it's the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Yeah, I started out with a little bit of Bible here today. Isn't that nice? But some of that wasn't all that enthusing, you know, that to look at what is near and maybe already happening. And we will try to touch on bits and pieces of those four horsemen or four horses of the apocalypse or the horses or the ones that have the color. But, you know, this green agenda thing, I sat here the other day and I was just sparked to scribble notes about what the the Democrats are doing, you know, and it's ridiculous. You know, they have the they have these agendas that you know, we know of some of them. And uh I'm going to give you a rundown of what I think of the blue Democrat agendas, a couple of them that have popped up here recently that are concerning, and they should, they should concern us all as we draw near to things in Revelation chapter 13, perhaps even coming to the front. Well, that can't happen, and we're still here. Well, we're still here, and the world's getting ready to erupt again, and maybe even to a nuclear holocaust, but let's go forward. Uh, Right off the bat, I want to talk about the destabilization of the American currency. Now, it's very difficult. I don't talk economics much, and I'm not going to today either, but the thing to understand is for 50 years or more, we have traded specifically in oil and fuel like that in petrodollars. Well, now the the Arabs, the Emirate, the Emiratis, the Qataris are not even going to take, you know, Mushhead Biden's t- phone call. He's he's ready to jump in feet first with Ukraine, but they've been fighting the Houthis and Tutis. I hope I said that right in Yemen for a long time as well, with no real American muscle help. 
Ah, it doesn't make any difference. They're not NATO. Okay, well, there you go. Well, those non-NATO oil guys can say, well, you're not getting a drop from us, and we're not even going to take your phone call. That opens up doors for China to come in and say, well, we'll, we wouldn't mind taking some of your oil, and we'll just knock that dollar out of the way and start doing with petro wands, yawns, yens, whatever. And that would push us right off the precipice that we've been standing right with our toes on for a long time. That would crush the American dollar on the world stage. It's very important to understand. So doubling down and going forward as any good idiot in the White House would do, he signs a, an executive order just, uh, let's see, 14 days ago, two weeks back to the day, I would say. Again, the destabilization of the dollar. And then now they want to digitize currency. You know, COVID, when it came through, scared people to death. They, they wouldn't use money. They didn't want to take money because they're afraid they would catch a virus from the greenbacks. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what you do. Any money that you don't want, that you're afraid of, you know, put your rubber gloves on, put it in an envelope, and send it to me. I'll hold it for you. I mean, there was people out there that were sanitizing money, I believe, for for a living, making money doing it. Um, So... Going on that vent, we you know, and then there was this coinage shortage. You go to your local big box store, and they'd say, you know, if you don't have exact change, you know, we don't want to take your money. Or if you give me, uh, say, five dollars, and your bill was four fifty, well, you might not get your fifty cents back because we don't have the coins to do it. See the setup that happened. You know, two years ago even, and it started going forward and forward and forward into the new thing that Biden administration signed on March 3rd, or I'm sorry, March 9th of 2022 to digitize American currency. Now, what does this mean? I, I, I mentioned this to a younger fella who works in a money-oriented, he's an accountant, and I said, you know, they just signed this executive order that would digitize currency. Now, here's what you got to take from this is they will have the ability because the, it's every all, everything's in blips and bleeps and ones and zeros, little things on the computer screen that say how much you, Joe Jones or Bobby Sue Smith, have in your bank account or in your government credit account, whatever they want to call it, digitized currency account, where, you know, when it comes time for the tax man, he just he doesn't need a, a tax prep guy like you know H and R Block and and uh, the other ones that are out there, Jackson Hewitt, or the local guy on the street that has his own accounting firm. They're going to be obsolete because all they got to do is go into your account with the IRS. Will probably still have their jobs they always do, and go in and and just take out what they think they you owe. 
Or maybe they look at that account and they say, well, you, here's the worst part of this. I told this kid, I says, you know, look, you know, that could make you guys pretty much go away. But he didn't get it. He thought it was a good idea. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. See, young people look at these things as money, cash money, and checks and this and that. that. That's an inconvenient way to do business. There's a convenient way to do it, and it's with your Apple smartphones and your uh, Google Pay and all the other things that have gone on. Now, most people still, I mean, we use de- debit cards, credit cards, because uh, they are simplified. But maybe we should quit. Maybe we should force the big box guys to make change again. Because we, I'm telling you, this is a this is one of the most concerning things. The executive order doesn't have a name or a number. I'm sorry, uh, and it's 14 pages long. Now you know Joe Biden didn't write it because. 14 pages would be an awful lot for him to sit down and, and you know, take all that time doing because he's just not cognitively there enough to do that. Uh, they call it, I got the outline, and this is probably put out by Jen Psaki. Outlines uh, first whole of government strategy to protect consumers Financial stability, national security, and address climate risk. Now, how the climate risks come into play with your digitizing of currency, which takes computers, which take you know batteries and and uh, rare earth metals and and zinc and uh, you name it, and electricity to run. And stay running 24 7, 365 and 6. Right? Because if the computer's not running, it can't keep track of all the transactions. And, you know, these are the people. These are the people that put together that uh, uh, health care thing and spent $600 million, U.S. government taxpayer money to put up the website for Obamacare and couldn't get that right. Now they're going to take over your cash and digitize everything. And they're going to keep track of it. I I don't like the idea at all. Um, I'm not going to go reading this entire piece of legislature or, well, it's an executive order. Uh, We'll hit some of the high spots. Digital assets, including cryptocurrencies, have seen explosive growth in recent years, surpassing a $3 trillion market cap last November and up from $14 billion just five years prior. Surveys suggest that around 16% of adult Americans, approximately 40 million people, have invested in, traded, or used cryptocurrency. They're after the cryptocurrency. <coughs> Cryptocurrencies, to, until now, were getting really hard for them to track. Over 100 countries are exploring or piloting central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, a digital form of a country's sovereign currency. Now, excuse me. Sorry, I had to get a drink. 100 countries 
are looking into this. 100 or over, over 100. Uh, a central bank digital currency system. That brings us to the Revelation 13, where he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. Uh, the rise in digital assets creates an opportunity to reinforce American leadership in the global financial system and at the technological frontier, but also has substantial implications for consumer protection, financial stability, national security, climate risk. Good Lord. They work climate in everywhere. Um, they want to, the United States wanted to maintain technological leadership, this rapidly growing space, supporting innovation while mitigating the risks for consumers, businesses, and broader financial system and the climate. And it must be a, it must play a leading role in international engagement and global governance of digital assets consistent with democratic values and U.S. global competitiveness uh that's why today biden will sign an executive order outlining the first ever whole of government approach to addressing the risks and harnessing the potential benefits of digital assets and their underlying technology the order lays out a national policy for digital assets across six key priorities consumer and investor protection financial stability illicit finance, U.S. leadership in global finance system and economic competitiveness, financial inclusion, and responsive innovation. Now, they've got climate in there. You have, uh, they actually use, I think, in the actual document, they use the word equity, which is their uh, new diversity word. So, you know, we got to make sure it's equitable for everyone. Now, you know, some people make more money than other people. Some people save and invest legally better than other people or have the ability to do so. That is a capitalist system. Or I, I go into business and I make widgets that work and Jim Bob goes into business and makes widgets that don't work. He goes broke and I make money. I should have been making widgets a long time ago. But the fact of the matter is that you know, maybe Jim Bob doesn't give up and he keeps going until he comes up with a widget that works good and it uh, produces what he needs and people buy it. See, the thing of it is, is that's capitalism, the ability to try but when you start doing stuff like this where you're going to snag people's money at the at the drop of a hat, people are going to just give up and say, not interested. So that takes, that's the equity thing, the equality. You know, you have to make what he makes because that's equal. But he doesn't do what I do. You know, I'm over here turning out high-edge high, high edge widgets and he's making you know stupid stuff that doesn't work well he still deserves it because of his nationality 
Uh, okay, by directing the Department of Treasury and other agency partners to assess and develop policy recommendations to address the implications of growing digital asset sector. Um, boy, I'm telling you, this is a way for them to be able to tap your money whenever they want. Look what they did to the truck drivers in Canada. Those of you that know, uh, I'm sorry, I'll tell it anyway. They, uh, those, for those of you that aren't aware, I tried to keep up with that as much as I could when there was a flurry of other things going on, but the Canadian truck drivers were accepting money through, uh, uh, like PayPal and and uh, GoFundMe, which which decided that wasn't going to happen. The government came along and said, "If you gave forty bucks to these guys, we can steal your money, S- snitch it right out of the bank, do away with your online profiles and all that kind of thing." In China, this has already happened. They have a thing over there called the social credit system i've talked about it before which is going to be a big chunk of the great reset that so many others have picked up on and we were talking about months ago where they are trying to reset the world and all that live in it reset the currency reset everything and, you know, the social credit thing, you do what you're supposed to. You don't do a podcast like this where you have the freedom to say what you wish and have the guests that you want, if you can get them, you know, or the sponsors that will sponsor you if you can get them. But the thing of it is, is here's, here's the deal. If you go against them, the government, you are a traitor to them. They've called so many people traitors that are not traitors. They're just speaking the truth, and they want them locked up. So if they have control of your cash through a, a digital currency, which is it's, this should be you know, not, both frightening and exciting at the same time. But they add in a whole time climate, 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 climate. I don't understand that. I guess running the printing presses and churning out money cause climate change, which I tell you is a load of bunkum to begin with. The climate may be changing, but we aren't the sole proprietors of why it's changing. But, oh, you know, we are. As far as, as, as long as the government says so, then it has to be. All right, here's some of the other other. That was the long, long one, the green, the uh, blue agenda, the blue Democrat agenda. Here's some more green new deal. Okay. Demonize all fossil fuels, oil, coal, nickel, or I'm sorry, nukes, everything, whatever, whatever they can come up with. And nukes are actually pretty clean. You know, when they get out of hand, like Fukushima over in Japan or, or Chernobyl or uh, the three mile Island, what it was that, went down then that's a big deal that can happen but you know anything like that has its risks do the benefits outweigh risk and you know th- those things are you know for all the other nuclear uh, uh, power stations that are running we haven't had that ain't trouble and they do drills to make sure that you know all that but oil and coal they really hate but they love to ship it elsewhere. 
or bring oil in while we could still produce enough oil for ourselves. But that, that would cause the climate change, the Green New Deal. There's, I mean, there's no responsible or acceptable resource that can sustain our population other than fuel, oil, coal, and the others. Solar and wind don't work. They are nice little attributes to it, but let's let's look at it. You know, to to have this solar, even even at the at the level they do it now, big ugly windmills. People that live around them, it says it, they say it drives them insane. The whirring and the buzzing and the they scatter the landscape. They don't look good no matter how you try to play it. And they kill birds, eagles, and other assorted such what. The oil pipeline is usually underground. Now, some of them are above ground. But uh, the Exxon, Keystone Exxon was going underground. Dig a little dirt, put it in, weld it up, cover it up, run the oil. Don't even know it's there. What if it leaks? Well, what if it does? It may. But what if it doesn't? Guarantee is sooner or later the windmill will. And they're full of oil, by the way. Stupid. They they, they play these games to, I don't know why, other than to destabilize, again, an entire country. Solar panels. Let's put up thousands of them. Cover a whole hill or whatever, with solar panels that will not sustain our population. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to have solar panels on your house to help uh, augment the increasingly high rate of electricity that we're going to see very soon and uh, other assets that we need, that's fine. I mean, that's your that's your property. That's your uh, benefit if that's what you want to do. But to checker, you know, national parks or whatever they're going to do or take eminent domain and just put these things up and cover the landscape, again, what's that supposed to do? It's not going to help global warming or climate change. It's just going to make everything ugly. And they don't work. Not to the degree that they think they should. Electric cars and trucks and tractors and buses. Now, some places I think they do run off of electricity buses. Um, that may be a viable thing. Okay. Electric cars. Who can afford one? It's 50000 bucks. And you can buy yourself a little Prius. I, I, don't, I don't look up prices for a thing. I have a truck that I like. And I'm not getting rid of it. But they want you an electric car. Uh, electric semi really that would have to have a motor on it like a like a a diesel locomotive and they actually the diesel part of a train is a generator that runs the electric to the wheels real quick that's how it works is that what we're going to do is have these huge how do you you know electric i guess you're going to have to plug that stupid thing in there's not enough power in 
the traditional electric motor to make it worthwhile to have electric semis. Tractors, you might as well forget it. You look at what tractors do on a farm. But see, when you don't know what a farm is, when you think that, oh, if I need meat, all I have to do is go to the store. It'll be there. Uh, there's nothing. It, it just magically appears. The, the meat fairy brings it. It has to come from a farm, which is till the soil and the earth and plant the seeds. And, you know, when you're doing hundreds of acres, real farmers, and there's, there's you know, not to knock any farmer, but the guys that are doing hundreds and thousands of acres. Can you imagine trying to do that with your electric tractor when it decides to just blop out in the middle of a field four miles from home? What are you going to do? Hook it up to your solar-powered generator or whatever. Good Lord. So th- that that's, a, that's stupid. It won't work. It never will work. Sell the diesel at a price that we can afford so that we all can eat and quit playing games. We need to be energy sufficient in this country. And that means petrol. That means oil. The lack of petrol, the lack of producing oil and gas, oline, gasoline, is weakening this nation. That's all there is to it. Uh, and that blue agenda as a whole is weakening the American, weakening American society or making us look weak. Uh, blue cities, homelessness, homelessness on the rise, mental illness. People aren't being cared for. That's what a lot of the homeless are. Murderers, murders, just going crazy. You know, in places, you know, Philadelphia, up like 500%. To New York, Chicago, people don't even want to go there. Seattle, you know, there's a guy on the news yesterday talking about, and he's from Seattle, says, you know, they want you to take the bus now because you can't afford gas. Well, take the bus. But nobody wants to ride the bus because there's addicts, homeless, riding the buses. There was one guy, they parked the bus, left, the, the driver got off. This guy's still sitting there. They found out later when they came to clean the bus, he's dead. So you know he's sleeping on the bus. They're croaking on the bus. San Francisco mayor tries to cover it all up in her uh her her best impersonation of Kamala Harris. Sounds just like her. That you know, condescending talk talk through my nose at you attitude. You know, it, it, there's no homelessness here. People are just saying that they're blah blah. You know, the, San Francisco's a wonderful city with defecation, urination, and everything else, needles, and all kinds of stuff in the streets. Now, I've been to Frisco. I've been to the wharf. I've been across the bridge or part of it. I didn't walk all the way across. It was beautiful then. It is not now. I've been to New York many times. Times Square was awesome back then. We're talking 20 years ago almost. You know, I've been to, to L.A., nice city at that time. It's gone way downhill since. We didn't have the homeless parking their tents on Rodeo Drive. You know, it was well cared for as a beautiful city. San Diego. Now, I don't know about San Diego. I haven't seen much on them, but really nice city. All these majors in Chicago, forget about it. I wouldn't go there for anything now. 
these the what's what is the common denominator? They're all run by Democrats. At the national level, you know, if we go back and we think about the first week that Biden was in office, he killed energy independence for America. Put us back into the Iran nuke deal. Stopped the border wall so that we had over a million people come across our border. And people said, well, the Mexicans, they're hard workers. They're not all Mexicans. We've got people from Haiti. We've got people from Algeria, Nigeria. I mean, they're all over the place. All over the Middle East coming through that wide open Swiss cheese of a border that we have. So you know, we're not helping these people, by the way. We're not helping ourselves either. They think, well, we'll get in. They'll, 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 they'll we'll make them. <laughs> we're going to make them citizens. And then they'll all vote for the next Democrat that comes along. They demonize those border patrol agents. Those guys have a rough enough job. It is. I used to work with a few of them. Uh, pretty decent fellows. You know, they were a little cocky, thought they were smarter than everybody, but they have, that's a rough job. You're out in the middle of nowhere, sitting in a truck or sitting in some little shack watching for people to come across. And when they did, even back then in 2005 or so, their boss, or actually be like 98, 99, their bosses would tell them, just let them go. So, you know, it's, we've, it, on the national and world stage, it showed utter weakness to the world. You know, that's all there is to it. And when the United States becomes this weak in the world's eyes, the whole world gets unstable. But, you know, it's easy enough to do is blame Putin. I think we better look closer to home. You know, Biden helped get this Ukrainian-Russian war into gear. His his actions and the way we pulled out of Afghanistan alone showed the world that we're not going to stand up for our allies. We'll just leave them to the incurring, in, incurring <laughs> the marauding, agents of destruction that are coming up behind us. In that case, it was the Taliban. Heads rolled, literally. People died, literally. So when I look at this, I say that, that there's there's a yellow belly to this blue thing, which makes everything green. Did you get it? Yellow and blue. It's actually a blue agenda and a green agenda, but that just makes bluish green. Their yellow, feckless, cowardly activity wrapped up in this blue agenda, and then it goes into this green thing where we all oh, we're gonna we're gonna save the planet from what today in my area it's like forty. Yeah, we had a nice couple of nice days. Let's march here in Ohio, in like a lion, out like a lamb. I guess is what they say, but it's it's it's. <laughs> It's pretty lionish right now. 
They're feckless. That means they have no spirit. Their, their spirit is geared towards destruction. And we need to be building ourselves up. You know, they want us to stop doing this and that and the other. And, you know, I like the idea. We need to, we do need to watch emissions. We need, we do need to watch pollution and, and all that kind of thing, you know, but nobody else is, you know, we cut all of our production of things. And then China, India, Indonesia, Vietnam, and all the other people out there that pollute like crazy and dump stuff into the waters and kill the fish and all that. They just carry on like nothing's happening. If we try to do it over here, they're gonna they're gonna come in with their cap and trade junk, and they're it's gonna be okay. You've already produced enough; you can't produce the rest of the year because you've met your carbon footprint. Uh, and that's something else with that digitized currency. If you are like me and others I know who are trying to buy an extra can of beans or an extra bag of rice and and stack it away somewhere. You know, it's not hoarding when you have room to move in your home. It's not hoarding. It's preparing. It's preparing because there is something else very soon on the rise, and we're going to talk about that real quickly. But, you know, nobody else, you know, you get my analogy, I hope the blue Democrats, yellow belly creating the green agenda. Okay. Digitized currency. Uh, yeah, there you go. Let's go in that digitized currency again real quickly. Like, all right, in this, then they're going to track everything you do. They already have a pretty good idea what you're doing anyway. If you use your debit card, but when they become controllers of your currency, they're going to know what you buy. And when they see, oh, he's bought 45 pounds of rice and, you know, 30 pounds of beans, cut him off. When you go to the store to buy a little bit more the next time, I mean, and you're not maybe buying it all at once. You buy 10 here and five there and six there, you know, but when you go to get it again, they're going to say, oh, oops, you know, you've, you've met your, you met your quota for the year. you have a big family you know you know, you got to find ways to staple food together and make it make make it last uh let's look at that revelation chapter six again as my as the holy spirit kind of leads me around again he, as he tends to do as i start thinking you know we're going to talk a lot about ukraine as much as I can give myself time to do, uh, and the war and what it's causing. Okay, uh, Revelation 6. Uh, the second seal, is it the second seal? No, third seal, uh, verse number 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard a third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him a pet of scales in his hand, and heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, what's that really mean? Well, he's got a pair of scales. The rider has a pair of scales in his hand. 
And he says, you get an ounce of, of wheat for a penny, which back then was a day's wage. So, so figure this, you make 50 bucks a day or 80 bucks a day, 10 hours, a, a, a $10 an hour. We're just making it simple. $10 an hour, eight hours a day. That's 80 bucks. That's how much it will cost you to buy a bag of wheat or flour. Let's put it that way. Or a bag of barley, which is a little bit lesser than wheat in the eyes of most people. What does that mean? Famine. (laughs) Famine. Pale horse brings death and hell. That's the fourth horse man of the apocalypse. So I want you to think about that. What people don't realize, if you're not privy to news, or at least news that will tell you the real view, and I'm not even talking about Fox at this point. There's a there's a, a one or two guys that you can probably get some information from that is worthy. Other than that, uh, it's mostly, we need to get into this war. We don't need to get into this war. I actually believe sometimes that this war is a cover-up for all the dirt that's on Biden in Ukraine and and uh, Obama. Might as well throw Clinton in there, too. And Bush. These people played games in that area for years. Laundering cash, pedophilia on the rampant rise. Just horrible stuff. And it's proven. It's all out there. The The laptop is real. New York Times finally had to admit it, that Hunter Biden's laptop contained real information. And it was his laptop. Emails, text messages, the whole nine yards, pictures of him smoking crack and, you know, shuttling money from here to there to make this and that. But here's the thing. They, started, they let this war in Ukraine get kicked. Ukraine, Russia, supply us, I think it's with a a fourth or a third or a fourth of the wheat on the world stage. There's not going to be a whole lot of guys out there ready to till the earth and plant their wheat seeds (laughs) and their oats and all the other things while missiles are flying, bullets whizzing past their head i can't you can you blame them you want to be out there riding on your ukrainian version of a john deere you know you'd have to have it up armored and everything else nobody nobody plants during wartime so that wheat production that we we rely on as well is not going to be coming our way not only that I, i think i told you this already the, the 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 development of um, fertilizer that comes from that area, Russia and all that, which takes voluminous amounts of natural gas to prepare, is going to cost so much, and there's going to be like a third of it that won't even that, that's all that'll be out there. So farmers here may not plant as much as they have in the past figuring I can't fertilize the 
this stuff, it, it probably isn't. I'm not going to yield a decent crop worth the time and the effort that it takes to make it, to make it grow. We are going to have to go back to the old days where they used cow poop. I'm going to play a clip just so I can take a break. And this is uh, Biden actually talking to a guy named Porchenko about Donald Trump. There's a little girl here that gives us some, I shouldn't say, there's a lady on here that gives us a little bit of a play-by-play. Two weeks after Donald Trump's victory, Joe Biden is on the phone with Poroshenko. His voice tenser now than before. This is getting very, very close. What I don't want to have happen, I don't want Trump to get into position where he thinks he's about to buy onto a politics where the financial system is going to collapse and he's going to be looked to to pour more money into Ukraine. That's how he'll think about it before he gets sophisticated enough to know the details. In other words, Biden does not want Ukraine asking for more money from Trump. Doing so would cause Trump to look into the details. So anything you can do to push the the Pravada Bank uh, um, to closure so that the IMF loan comes forward I would respectfully suggest is critically important to your economic as well as physical security. I know that's a little bit difficult to hear, uh, the the telephone part of that. She gives you a pretty good idea, though, what, what, what Biden was doing two weeks, two weeks after Trump won. Biden got on the phone to this fellow named Poroshenko. I forget who he was, if he was the president then of Ukraine or what. But he got on the phone to him, and he says, look, do everything you can to not take money from Trump because Trump, he knows this, is going to look into where that money's going, and then he's going to see how much money the Obama, 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 Biden uh, administration funneled into Ukraine and probably how much of it came back out. He didn't want Trump getting involved in this Ukraine deal. He was looking, I'm going to be the president in four years, so don't worry about it. I'll be back, and we'll just get right back on track. Uh, good Lord, who knows? I, I don't know what his thinking is. And if, if you did know, you'd be, it'd be kind of scary. You don't want to think like Joe Biden. Thank you to Michael, my executive producer for this show anymore. He sends me all kinds of stuff. I can't use all of it because we are not a video program. Uh, some of it was in Russian. <laughs> so, but there's there's videos of Russians telling people, we're leaving an alley here for you to get out. You know, telling Ukrainians. Being very nice to the Ukrainian people. Not the you know, beasts that they're being portrayed in the news. What bothers me is, uh, I don't have the clip of this either, is this montage I saw of all of our politicians from the the vaunted Lindsey Graham idiot to, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name, McConnell, Mitch McConnell. The, uh, 
House minority or not the uh, the sentiment minority leader. Just, you know, well, we need to give them everything we can give them. Uh, and if it means we need to give them a no-fly zone, we need to give them a no-fly zone. And what Lindsey Grant said, I'm going to need to get to hold this one and, and, and clip it out to you, is he says, you know, here's the thing. If the Russians use chemical or biological weapons in Ukraine, we need to just go right in there. They're setting this up. There's, didn't I tell you the other day, the United States has at least 13 verifiable web, uh, bio labs in Ukraine. Oh, there were Russian labs, they say. They're trying to say it was Russian labs, and uh, we just took them over, and we're, we were you know disposing of the Russian you know biological agents that were there. They've been doing this since 2005, and Obama's hands and fingerprints are all over it, even then as a senator. They have been taking over, supposedly, these weapons or these, I'm sorry, biological agent labs to do what? Oh, they're going to dispose of the stuff that was in it. And how long does that take? That's 15, 16 years ago, and 17 years ago even, and they're still there, and they're still worried about them. They upgraded some of those things to a, uh, I don't remember what BSL, biological security level or whatever, BSL Lab 5. That's the highest you can make one. That means you're dealing with stuff in there like smallpox and, you know, weaponized smallpox and other agents like maybe a COVID type thing. Who would do that? I don't I can't imagine. Who would come up with a virus that has no, you know, cure of a ramped up killer common cold that is rearing its ugly head once again as Hillary Clinton, Jen Psaki, and Cammy Harris's husband supposedly have all come down with a case of COVID. And, you know, Hillary says, well, I just have a sniffly nose and a little cough, and I feel fine. All these people are supposedly vaccinated. How many vaccinated people do you know that have still come down with COVID, supposed COVID? I know quite a few. I know quite a few. And I'm not knocking those people. Listen to me. I'm not knocking. I'm not, if, you, if you decided to go get the vaccine, as they call it, that's on you. And it's also my right to say I don't want it. And that's exactly what me and mine did. We don't want it. We didn't get it. We've weathered the storm so far. Thank you, Jesus. I owe, I owe a lot to, to the Lord himself. That's uh, everything, actually. We owe everything to the Lord. We should not, you know, take anything, you know, don't, I don't like to be uh, put people down or, or bear false witness. I say that over and over again. I want to make sure when I sit down here, I have the facts and that they're, uh, to the best of my knowledge, good, honest facts. Now, again, I got, a, I got another little something I want to play. This one's a little bit long, and I don't know if we're going to go through the whole thing or not. I, don't, I, I doubt it. But it is worthy to know what is happening on the outskirts of Ukraine. 
So we've all been so mesmerized by the tragedies on our television screens unfolding within Ukraine that we haven't spent enough time taking a closer look at what's happening right outside the borders of Ukraine. And one of the things that's happened is the White House has sent thousands and thousands of American troops to the border, to Poland. Now, Poland is a NATO ally. Of course, it shares a frontier with Ukraine. And several weeks ago, Michael Tracy, one of the last honest journalists in this country, decided to go there to find out exactly what's happening. So when he arrived, a U.S. soldier at one base told Tracy there was, quote, a media blackout on all American military activity in Poland. Really? Why can't we know? Is there a good reason? So we reached out to the Pentagon. They told us this, quote, we've provided media coverage of troops assigned to Europe. That said, we are not embedding journalists the way we did in Iraq and Afghanistan, and we are not providing extended media access. In other words, buzz off. You have no right to know. But Michael Tracy is there, and so we thought we would check in with him tonight. He, of course, writes on Substack, and we're happy to see him. So Michael Tracy, I should just say you don't even need to respond, but to frame this, you've been coming on the show for at least five years to talk about Russia. You've kind of followed that story all, all the way to its logical conclusion. What are you seeing in Poland that we're not hearing about here? Well, think about what the Pentagon apparently just told you today. They're not even allowing hand-picked reporters, the reporters who would be disposed to have a favorable impression of what the U.S. military is doing in Poland to come view what the government representatives, you know, the, what the taxpayers' representatives are doing in close proximity to a hot war zone. And what they're doing ultimately is directly fueling a proxy war against Russia. You know, on this very network a couple of days ago, Ben Sass, who's this Republican senator that we're told is some sort of moderate because I think he objected to the phrasing of some Donald Trump tweets a couple years ago. He was braying that the U.S. policy must be to facilitate the ability of Ukrainians to kill Russians, quote unquote, kill Russians. And that's the essence of a proxy war. And that's what's what Poland is enabling the facilitation of by way of the massive number of U.S. troops now that have been deployed to this country. And so if that's the nature of the commitment that Americans now have in this major war, you'd expect some measure, perhaps, of transparency allowed so we could understand as citizens what our government is doing. And instead, there's a shroud of secrecy around these operations. You know, the journalists are not allowed to take any kind of look at what the military is doing here. There was a congressional delegation to Poland over the weekend, by a bipartisan delegation, members of the House of Representatives. And I inquired with both Republicans and Democrats on this trip, members of Congress, to just get basic information about what they were doing, an itinerary, a schedule, something. And what I was told was that they couldn't provide those details to journalists because of quote unquote security reasons. Well, what are those security reasons? Is America at war? Is Poland at war? Not apparently. Uh, and yet, you know, there's such little insight that's allowed to be given as to what our government is doing here that that secrecy alone should trouble everyone. I would think at least if you're disinclined to favor the escalation of this conflict into some kind of hot war involving the U.S. that could potentially eventuate in World War Three and you know, before a couple of weeks ago, World War Three was not something that most people were willing to entertain. And now it's just kind of floated out there as you know, something that could be inevitable. I think in a democracy, you're allowed to know what your government's doing in your name, whether you support it or not. Um, and as you point out, we don't know. And I, pr I appreciate your reporting. Michael Tracy from Poland. Thank you. So what are they doing? If you look into it, 
and you can uh, use your favorite search engine or just get on the internet and start poking around, slowly there's a buildup of troops, United States, American young men and women being sent to the uh, Eastern Front of Poland and Ukraine, right there on the border. They're amassing troops. Now, when Putin did it on the other side of Ukraine, it was a big deal. We can't have that. I saw an interesting thing. The Babylon Bee, the the satire-inspired newspaper or online thing, they put a picture up of, you know, on the southern border of America, a picture that said, you know, Ukraine and Poland or something like that. It was like it was showing like the Ukrainian border. Maybe if we did this, if we could fool the Democrats into believing that we are on the border of Ukraine instead of Mexico, they'd do something down there. They'd start building a wall or amassing the troops. We don't need World War III. Uh, I'm young enough, I haven't lived through a world war at all. But the, the, you know, there's, there's some decent still you know, uh, documentaries, History Channel stuff, and some shows out there. I was watching one the other day, and it was, it's settled in uh, England, uh, London, that area, uh, in uh, the 50s even. It was nine years after the war, supposedly. These ladies are murder sleuths. But uh, there was still rationing. You know, you had your ration card. I don't remember ration cards. I do remember rations of gasoline, you know, odd and even days, all that kind of thing. Listen, we don't want to go through this again, ever. I know that we probably will just because I believe what God put in his word. Everything he put in his word. Isaiah, Isaiah, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Are you allowed to have a favorite book? I I do. Isaiah chapter 13. Uh, and again, you know, you can say, oh, he's just cherry-picking a verse of Scripture, but I don't care what you think. It's in the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 13, verse number 11. And I, God says, I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Their wickedness will cease. Cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, the wicked, he's going (laughs) to... Punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I I know people who say things in, in their prayers. They say things like, uh, oh, God bless America and for what she stands for, what, what she stood for 250 years ago, perhaps. We have fallen far from what we stood for. You know, we used to be one of those... Uh, exporters of things that were viable to the world. You know, like say John Deere tractors or Chevrolet trucks and Fords. 
our main money-making export, we export more than any other nation on earth, is pornography. Is that not evil? The white slavery, as they call it, or the you know sex slavery that goes that that goes hand in hand with that stuff. God watches. He knows the hearts of men. He knows the hearts of men better than men think they know. Because it says in Jeremiah, you know, a man's heart is deceitful above all things, and who can know it? I know preachers that have screwed that up so bad, say, who can know it? I can know my heart. No, you don't know your heart. You know you may be doing wrong, but you don't understand the truth of that is God knows your heart. You can hide things from yourself. And many people do, even even your yours truly. <laughs> try to try to, you know, I don't remember doing that one. Okay, yeah, you do. You did it. You were wrong. Repent. The R word. Don't hear that much anymore either. All I hear is, you know, snappy stories and little jokes and <laughs> uh, for 45 minutes and then back to the world. Hanging your head wondering why is this all going on? What is going on? What is really going on here? It's horrible. Folks, we need to perk up. We need to know the word of God. We need to live by it. We need to understand that Christ did a, 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 can you imagine what he went through so that you and I could have salvation and that you and I could have eternal life with him in heaven? I, I, bring a, I brought a lot of really not uplifting things to you today, but I want you to understand the world you're living in and have a biblical world view of it. We need to have that. The truth will make you free, says John 8.32. Not set you free. Make you free. It takes you from slavery of the devil and makes you a free agent for God. I guess we've gone. <laughs> Sorry. I guess we've gone long enough for today. I believe a lot of Bible prophecy is coming to, 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 it's happening. It's coming right out at you. The horsemen are riding. I don't know who the Antichrist is yet, but it says in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we will know. Don't let people tell you won't. Till next time, Tom Richardson, March 23, 2022, removing confusion. Goodbye.